Welcome to JD Power's Innovating the Customer Experience podcast. I'm Michael Vermillion with JD Power, and with me today are Jennifer White from JD Power and Evan Siegel from eGain. Jennifer and Evan, welcome. Thanks for joining. Thanks for having me. Thanks for the conversation, Mike. Hey, the topic for today is advice and guidance. And I think where we want to start with this one is just defining what we mean by that. So, um, so Evan, when when consumers or customers are looking to brands for advice and guidance, uh, wh- what do we mean by that? Yeah, Mike, let me let me start with just a little bit of what led me to become an advice and guidance uh, advocate, because I think that'll inf- uh, help help the listeners understand where I'm coming from in my experience. So. Prior to eGain, I spent 16 years at Wells Fargo and did a couple of things there. I, I led a customer experience strategy team across the enterprise where I dug deep into what customers want. And then I was also on uh, the contact center leadership team where I worked on advice and guidance at scale for the retail bank. And we hit many insurmountable hurdles, some successes, but a lot of hurdles. And I joined eGain, which is a leading knowledge management company because sort of they have the technology to overcome those hurdles. So to your question, uh, what is the definition of advice and guidance? You know, the foundation of it is issue resolution. I have a problem. I need some service support. But let's be honest, that's table stakes. Companies have been working on that for a long time and made good progress. Where you really earn customers' loyalty is where you advise them on how to meet their needs. That's with things like how to, what kind of products, what actions, and how to use the products. And, you know, banking is a great complex use case to explain this point. So bank customers, what, what, I, what I've seen talking to bank executives and from my previous experience, is that bank customers are looking for advice and guidance on how do they achieve their financial goals, which again includes both actions and products. Things like, what do I need to do to buy my first home? How do I build credit? And how do I... Uh, uh, finance major purchases through both savings and credit. Thanks, Evan. I think, I think that's a good place to start. So Jennifer, um, how are brands doing in terms of delivering advice and guidance? Why, why don't we use stick with banking as the example here? Sure. So JD Power releases an annual voice of the customer research program that we call our you know retail banking advice satisfaction study. In that research, we are talking to bank customers directly about their experiences with advice like a transaction. So thinking about, you know, recalling whether advice has been received in the last specified period of time, and then thinking about that interaction in order to understand the experience and to determine what delights customers and ultimately improves their financial lives. How are banks doing? At delivering advice and guidance, well, the number one hurdle, the first hurdle really is that, you know, recall of advice and guidance delivery isn't as high as anybody would think. In fact, the average recall nationwide is, you know, slightly higher than a quarter of customers. Now, we know that bank customers are interacting with their institutions regularly, and so we would expect that proportion to be higher. But customers are failing to recall those interactions as truly being advice or guidance provision. We think about advice or guidance as being completely meeting customers' needs when it is of good quality, when it conveys empathy, uh, when 
you know, it occurs frequently, but perhaps even more important than those three things, when the interaction leaves the customer with a direct call to action, a true understanding of what their next best step is, and at the same time that the content of the advice is really relevant to the customer's personal financial situation. We know that customer financial health status is eroding. Uh, Two-thirds of our U.S. bank customer base is currently financially unhealthy. Three years ago, that proportion was, was 50%. So we're definitely seeing a decline in the customer's financial state, and their need for assistance is greater. And if messaging, whether it's one-on-one interactions, digital interactions, or even direct marketing to the customer needs to be relevant to the customer's financial health status in order for it to resonate. Yeah, thanks, Jennifer. So so it sounds like in general, brands are not doing as good of a job as they could be when it comes to delivering advice and guidance. So why do we think that is? Why why are brands underperforming? Um, Evan, why why don't you take this one and then we'll have Jennifer jump in. Yeah, it's hard, Mike. It's really hard. So in banking, a common, because it's a very complex uh, use case and a complex customer situation, you know, typically banks expect their frontline human channel uh, uh, bankers to do something like execute a 30-question needs assessment to really unearth what are the customer's needs. Um, And they expect their bankers to also take into account what they see in the CRM system. But again, that's really, really hard to to ask a question, look at the CRM system, hear the answer, then ask the next best question and and continue that chain until the insight is unearthed and then um, uh, make a recommendation about the next best product or the next best action. On top of that, you know, let's look at what, who these people are. And this is very common in B2C uh, industries. This is an entry-level position with high turnover. And banking is a very complex industry with complex products. So, so that's the, 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 the situation in the human channel. Let me, let me next just quickly turn to the digital channel, too, while, while I'm on a roll here. Um, you know, typically, it's the technology has been, is just not up to the challenge. Um, you know, again, you have to have a technology that can be conversational, that can take into account uh, information from the CRM system and do that uh, asking questions, no, based on the answers, what's the next best question, and then make uh, recommendations. Um, and take a look, just to take one example outside the industry, just to show you the power of this potential. Let's look at the computer industry. Uh, I just bought my daughter a, a computer for going off to college. Um, you know, hey, I'm a pretty smart guy, but I think but I don't know a lot about RAM and, and uh, computing power and weight. And what I had to do is I had to do all this reading and get into this technical terms to figure out what's the best computer instead of in the digital channel, what, what the holy grail here would be asking me a series of questions about what's my price point, how do I picture using the computer, and then having my, my virtual tech assistant make a recommendation. Thanks, Evan. Uh, Jennifer, what are your thoughts? Why, why are brands uh, underperforming? Do we, do we know? I think another thing to consider is the fact that for most of the, I don't know, last 10, 15 years, um, banks have been focused on ensuring that they have an efficient process in place, 
We're going to talk about minimizing wait times. We want to talk about, you know, in the digital space that we have seamless transactions from one, you know, mobile app to an online authenticated experience. It's all been a it's been a large focus on managing the transactions, managing the process, and less focus on improving the customer's financial life. Those tactics were often left for specialty services. You know, they were treated as niche, niche service provision. And now what we're experiencing is a customer base that all wants those niche services. And it takes time for the banking institutions to, as Evan mentioned, you know, hire the appropriate staff, make sure they're trained well so that the experience in person can be robust as well as make investments in their digital infrastructure that allow them to leverage AI in a way that can seamlessly bring historical information to play so that you know the digital interaction can prove to the customer that they know who they're talking to. All right, thanks, Jennifer. So why don't we turn the conversation to how, um, how we can close this gap? So how can brands do a better job uh, delivery and advice and guidance. Why don't we start with the people side of the equation, uh, Evan? Yeah, so there's a number of things you need to do. Um, part of it is you need to, to have, a, uh, have a strategy in place. Um, you know, you need to think through from a customer segment standpoint and from a channel standpoint, this is where the people part comes in. You know, for the most part, the retail channel, the human channel is the most expensive. So you need to be really thoughtful about which customers are you trying to gear toward that channel? Um, generally, people uh, lean toward those that are either most profitable or have the most potential uh, to increase share of wallet. So you need to have that strategic approach. And then, you know, you need to give the, the, the humans the, um, uh, the, the, the technology that's now available. AI is opening up whole new windows of, of opportunity so that they can focus, the humans, the, 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 the salespeople, can focus on sort of building relationship uh, and the technology can do that. Remember, I was talking about the needs assessment, those asking of the questions, uh, knowing the next best question to ask, and then making recommendations on um, uh, uh, which products or financial actions will help that customer achieve their goal. Thanks, Evan. Uh, Jennifer, any, anything to add here in terms of how brands can do... Um a better job delivering advice and guidance from, from the, to the people side of things. I think Evan summarizes the challenge and the need with regard to the human interaction. The thing that I would add is that the highest performing institutions on in-person interactions with regard to wellness reviews are those that have created in many ways a, I'll say a branded product. It doesn't necessarily have to go that far. Um, but that they have, you know, created a sense of community around participating in doing a financial wellness review and have insisted in many ways that those reviews are conducted at every transaction, almost to the point where you could annoy a customer because they'd say, didn't we do this last time I was here? Right. But that interaction being repeated is necessary also for the customer to take that, build that new habit of actively improving their financial lives versus just maintaining their financial history. 
Yeah, so, so that's the people side of things. What about the digital or, or online side of things? What can brands be doing to deliver a better better job of, uh, do a better job of delivering advice and guidance uh, online? Uh, Evan, do you want to start with this one? Yeah, um, again, uh, the technology has come a long way and it really is the silver bullet to be the engine for omni-channel advice and guidance. And I speak from first-hand knowledge. I know uh, our e-gain and our knowledge management AI-powered systems has these capabilities. So it's, it is totally within uh, reality today to have, let's keep it the, the banking example, a virtual banker who can ask those questions, tap into the CRM system, know what the customer's current state is, what products they have, what balances they have, ask those questions. Uh, if, the, if the customer wants to talk to a human, to seamlessly transfer to that human to continue the conversation and to, in that seamless transfer, also show the, the banker the full context of what conversation has happened today. So it's really a whole new world of how uh, companies can design advice and guidance and do needs-based selling, needs-based guidance powered by today's latest knowledge management technologies. Thanks, Evan. Uh, Jennifer, I know uh, J.D. Power has some thoughts uh, around online experience as well, right? We certainly do. So the the satisfaction model, the retail banking advice satisfaction model has five components. I mentioned them earlier, but one of them is the ability of the institution to convey concern for their customers' needs. This means bringing empathy into the interaction of the digital experience. And very often, digital design has focused on seamless movement, speed, uh, visual appeal, navigation you know, functionality, and all those things are critical. But what is happening in this space is the need to pause perhaps between steps to confirm that your customer doesn't have you know, unanswered questions or to take a moment and really ensure through the digital interaction that the advice that you're providing is making sure that it's truly reflective of the customer's concern and not necessarily executing a transaction. So that's one thing that I think is important to consider. And I think the other thing that's important for the digital experience to keep in mind is that the majority of bank customers are multi-channel users. Evan started to mention this, right? And our data, the voice, the customers are telling JD Power that the majority of them may take that first step into a branch, but when they leave the branch, they need to go replicate the experience online. Uh, or if they start and do that research online, they need to know that that human is talking about things that they've already read about. And it's very critical that institutions have a strong married approach between human interaction and digital in order to be successful. And when they don't, empathy is the first thing that takes a hit. Yeah, it's interesting. So um, we're going to start wrapping up here. Uh, the first thing we want to do, I think, is, is share any success stories. So so Evan and, and then Jennifer, um, do we have any uh, examples we can point to where brands are doing a good job of providing advice and guidance? Yeah, so as I mentioned, this is pretty brave frontier right now. Uh, we can start with the table stakes of service issue resolution where uh, brands are more advanced. But even there, again, it's sort of table stakes for what customers expect. But what we see at eGain is when, customer, when the company's brands 
implement leading solutions, uh, like knowledge management solutions, they see things or results such as 30-point improvements in that promoter score. And that's huge, right? I, 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 when I was at, uh, in the industry and I would achieve, as part of a SWAT team, a two-point improvement in MPS, we'd have big celebrations. Uh, we also see 30% improvements in first contact resolution and big dramatic reductions in training because the technology can kind of drive people instead of drive the team members instead of having to train them and all the complexity of issue resolution. Uh, when you look to advice and guidance and the power of that, this brave frontier, let me, let me share a story of a success that I personally led at Wells Fargo and it was actually featured in the annual report. So I think the story really just shows the, the customer view of, of the power of this. So I, I had established a team in the contact center that did financial coaching. So they had leeway to go deeper in, in, in delivering advice and guidance on things like how to build credit. And we had a customer who called in uh, because they'd been declined for uh, uh, the most basic credit product. Um, so this team worked with this customer over nine months, walked her through steps that she could take to build her credit, increase her credit score. And after nine months, she not only had uh, a credit product, a basic unsecured credit card, but she also realized the dream of home ownership. She got to that, that advanced credit state of getting a mortgage. And as you can well imagine, this customer was singing the praises of Wells Fargo to her friends and family, because very few institutions do this. And because Wells helped her realize the dream of home ownership, I can almost guarantee that she is a loyal customer for life. So I think that one story shows the power of this. The problem was what we did at Wells was not a scalable model, very labor intensive. But again, with the improvements in technology, that same story can be repeated over and over again at scale, omni-channel. Thanks, Evan. Um, Jennifer, do we have any success stories uh, from the JD Power perspective? Sure, there's, there's two specific areas I wanna call out first. The 2023 Retail Banking Advice Study ranks Bank of America as the highest performing institution at delivering at, at outstanding satisfaction among their customer base at delivering advice and guidance. So we certainly want to applaud and celebrate uh, that achievement for Bank of America. Why are they achieving that success? They actually improved significantly with the largest improvement year over year among all the banks that we benchmark. One of the things that's interesting about Bank of America is they really are firing across their entire ecosystem. So they have an in-person approach that is married to a strong digital investment. They made decisions several years ago to pivot away from helping customers manage their transactions and move towards this intentional relationship of improving financial lives. They have Erica as a tool, which is you know, pushing insights to customers and therefore encouraging adoption of functionality like spend analysis or credit score monitoring. And they're complementing that with in-person experiences. And you know, J.D. Power Voice of the Customer Data tells us that they're attracting even more under 40 customers in their branches to sit down and have conversations as a result of this whole ecosystem really firing on all cylinders. So that's one success story I'd mentioned. The other thing is throughout this entire topic, our data suggests that the, the one topic area that is has customers' highest sensitivity to date is helping customers avoid fees. 
And I want to talk about success stories in the way that Huntington and Regions banks have been approaching helping customers with this. It's not about a fee-free nirvana, but it's about advising customers about the right account mix, the right behaviors, and the you know just right pattern of um, maintaining their financial lives in order to avoid fees. They've executed not only business decisions, which give customers grace or time to manage fees, but they've also provided tools, financial, personal financial management tools, which help customers actively avoid being in the situation where they could incur a fee. And then in the end, you know, they've complemented all of that with very strong marketing campaigns that evoke emotional responses so that customers pay attention to the guidance that they're giving them about avoiding fees. I think those are some great success stories. Thanks, Jennifer. So to finish up then, let's just finish with a call to, call to action. And uh, I think the, the question would be, how can the listeners uh, to today's podcast uh, go back to their organization and start a conversation around uh, advice and guidance? What kind of questions um, should they be asking? Evan, do you want to start? Yeah, so I would encourage listeners to start with Pick a user journey, pick a persona, and then with that persona in mind, look at your digital channel. If someone is seeking advice and guidance, what's the best product for them? Uh, what actions can they take to get the most out of their product? How can they avoid fees, like the example Jennifer did? And benchmark yourself. Do the same thing. Mystery shop. Walk into your, your retail branch. Uh, the trick here is consistency and omni-channel. I think what your listeners will find is that there's a pretty wide gap between what they aspire to, what their brand aspires to, and as Jennifer said, what their customers expect from the reality of that consistent, scalable experience. And then once they've benchmarked the gap, engage their management team on the, the potential now with new technologies to, to close that gap and then engage the experts as needed to, uh, to move quickly because this is a great frontier. There's going to be, in my prediction, there's going to be a lot of movement now quickly. And I think the brands that seize this high ground of advice and guidance early will generate a commanding lead in growing their sales and increasing loyalty. Jennifer, any suggestions on starting the conversation around uh, advice and guidance? I think step number one is a strong audit of current delivery uh processes. So, you know, taking a look at frequency, taking a look at those, um, at the quality of the advice around spend, save, borrow, and plan, and taking a look at your internal capabilities to segment and personalize once you start building approaches to address both frequency and, you know, the robustness of the content that you have in place. I think that's all required in order to set the foundation the highest performing organizations have made a strong decision to culturally unite around uh, this type of advice and guidance provision. And it's important to finally consider the readiness of your organization to achieve that type of shift. Uh, as you wait to perhaps get there, the audits, um, taking a look at the content you have available, making sure you don't have gaps in spend, save, borrow, and plan are great places to start. Evan and Jennifer, this is a terrific conversation today. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. It's been a privilege. 
We want to thank our listeners as well. To learn more about J.D. Power and J.D. Power's advice and guidance lab, please visit us online at jdpower.com business. And we'll see you next time.